0: Hi friend, I'm Rick Pasquale. I know God has a word for you today. As you listen, let God speak to you. He loves you and he has a great plan for your life. Now join us live for our service.
1: Here is instructions and then you got to proceed with the instructions he gave you. That's amazing. Amazing happens when you listen and obey. Amazing happens when you listen and obey. You go to school, if you don't listen to the teacher, guess what? It's not amazing. You're failing. <laughs> dumb, da-dum, dumb, dummy. You know, you're failing. All right, the second one is, it's a minute portion or a portion of time. Sometimes it takes a little time for your moment to come. But prepare yourself. Don't get excited. Just hang on to what God has promised you. And I've hung on for many, many years. I had two issues I wanted to hang on to that would change my life and make me uh, into amazing moments. And this book, this book right here, is full of amazing moments. I'm just gonna show you a couple of guys, but this here, oh man, I'm gonna tell you what, it's, it's loaded with moments, just loaded with them. And also, it's a time of excellence. It's going to increase your knowledge. It's going to increase your vision. It's going to increase your character. Excellence, a time of excellence. What you used to do, oh, well, you know, that's good enough. That'll do. That'll make it. Not with God. He's looking for excellence. He's looking for excellence in your prayer life. He's looking for excellence in your service. He's looking for excellence in your character. He is looking for excellence. And if you'll give it to him, he will work it out. He will never, ever, ever let you down. Never. I remember, none of you may not know this, but when we got back home uh, January, I'm gonna get out in Broadway lights. Woo! And, my wife was diagnosed with leukemia. Well, it shook her up. It shook me, shook me up. My wife was really concerned about it. But all of a sudden, he says, hmm, wait, what you worried about? He said, I'm going to heal Julie. I don't want you to worry about the time or the place when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen, okay? When he spoke that to me, guess what? I was flooded with peace. No more anxiety. No more fear. We're going on step by step day by day working out our lives working out our salvation amen, amen. that's the way you got to do it second corinthians chapter 4 verse 17 it says for our light affliction affliction which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory far more exceeding in our eternal weight of glory. Those are the moments, moments in time. We're in time, okay? There's another moment called an atomic moment. That's an explosive moment. It's in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-two, 52. New King James Version. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, And the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. You can measure time, and you can measure a second, and you can cut it right on down to one one one-hundredth of a second, but you can't measure an atomic moment. You're going from mortality to immortality. Quicker than I can snap my fingers. Quicker than I can blink my eye, you know. You're going from... A sinful, sinful world to glory, all eternal, in the twinkling of an eye. That's an atomic moment. Now let's see the decision. Who we going to talk about first? We look at three three of uh, gentlemen. We probably won't make it, but to two. But the first one is a moment of destiny. A moment of destiny. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4 in the NIV. He said, the Lord had said to Abram, who? The Lord had said to Abram, go from your own country, go from your own people and your father's household to the land I will show you. Go. You're leaving your family, you're leaving your country, and he says to go. Now, that takes a little bit more than a a little bit of faith. But let me tell you about Abram before I get too far with him. Abram was a man that was very intelligent. He learned things extremely quick. His understanding was Beyond comprehension, no matter what problem showed up, Abraham could solve it. I call Abraham, I mean Abram, not Abraham. We ain't got to him yet. (laughs) Abram understood the things of God. He could look into the sky and he understood all of astrology. He could see the handiwork of God. He could see all the stars of God. He knew knew them all by name. He understood that. He understood the sun. And he understood the moon and how the sun rises in the east and it'll set in the west. And the moon will circle the earth for for, uh, for a month, you know. And you'll have a... Uh, it'll get bright, full, and it'll get very small for a new moon, a new month. He understood all that stuff, you know. And so he, he was a man that... Uh, he could talk to people. He could relate to people. He could talk to them the way they could understand. And so I call him God's missionary because he was the first one to acknowledge there is a one true God. He understood the things of God. He understood the ways of God. He, he was a man that had higher notions of virtue than other people. Well, he lived along the Chaldeans, you know, those people, idol worshippers. They serve other gods. They serve the moon god, the sun god, the war god, and the sex god. That was their main gods. They had a whole bunch of other ones, but this is where he was from. So God says, Abram, leave this country. go look, Leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's household to the land I will show you. That's expansion. He's expanding Abram's territory. If you'll stay the course, by the end of this year, he's going to expand your territory. He's going to expand your mind. He's going to expand your health. He's going to expand your your friends. He can expand your vision. You know, he's going to expand this church. We got some new works in the works. God's already providing a way. It's already in the works. It's already in the process. It's already in the moment. We just got to stay true to the vision. We just got to stay true to our commitment and watch what God is going to do because it's going to be a place that will have enough classrooms. It's going to have enough in the sanctuary. It's going to have enough for parking. It's going to have it what we need right now. This is an old place. This is an old time. It was good for a certain portion of time. It was good for this moment But we're we'll fixing to move into a new moment. A new place, a new place to worship God, a new place to learn of God, a new place to just get out and lead people in Rome and all over the world to the Lord Jesus Christ. Like Abraham knew, he said, there is but just one God. He says, I will make you into a great nation. Boy, that's getting with it. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I'm going to curse them. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old. He set out from Haran. He follows that that river up to Haran. He loads up. He gets all of his gear, all of his donkeys and mules and whatever he needs, his sheep, a few family members and all that, and he gets to the promised land. He gets into the promised land. Fertile. It's the fertile crescent. Soil is so rich, the grapevines have to be carried on poles. Can you imagine that? To me, that, 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 that's amazing. He made the earth. He created the earth. You hear that? Yes. Oh, I'm so glad that went off. You know why I'm glad that went off? I'm going to tell you why. It went off. If I can find my phone. <laughs> it's telling me to praise the Lord. I said it every day to go off at 6 in the morning, at noontime, and it's in the evening time before I go to bed. It reminds me to uh, praise the Lord every time I hear that little ding. It keeps him in my mind. And that's what Abram did. He always had God in his mind. When he went to the promised land, when he went to Canaan, the fertile crescent, he established his family right there. Now there was Jebusites and Philistines and all kind of other oopsites and Mesites and all this other stuff. So many of them. But they were heathens too. But God's hand was on Abram. God called him, God led him, and God told him exactly where to go. Exactly where to go. And he got situated and uh he told Lot, Lot, went with him. God didn't call Lot, but Lot went with him. Lot caused him a little bit of trouble, see? So when God went with Lot, and they had a big famine, so they kind of moved to Egypt, and then they came back from Egypt because the king threw them out because the king wanted Abram's wife and threw her in the harem, but God said, I'm not having none of this. He put a plague on the whole family over there. He said, what you done did to me, get out of here, get with an armed guard. Well, then he moves from there. He moves back toward the promised land, droughts over, Lot's there. So they get to a beautiful spot, and he says, he lets do the picking. Abram was a man that cared for everybody else and not for himself. So Lot looks around. Oh, this is a beautiful, beautiful place. I think I'll go this way. Abraham says, Okay. He moves aside a little bit, and all of a sudden, God speaks to him again and says, Hey, look as far as you can see, as far as you can see, how far is your vision? How far is your plan? How far do you want to go with God? How far do you want him to take you? You know, the greatest thing you can do, the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life, when you begin, in the beginning, in that moment, is when this world has pounded you, this world has pushed you down, this world has let you down, this world is trying to kill you, trying to starve you, trying to discourage you. The best thing you can do is say, God, help me. Just like Jabez, he cried out. He had enough of all that stuff. When you say yes, yes, yes to Jesus, your whole world changes. Your whole world expands. Your life expands, you know. Your vision expands. Your purpose expands. Everybody's talking about God's got a plan for your life. You got to get saved to know it. You got to get saved to know it you got to get born again to know it and once you get born again you'll know his plan for you he'll tell you exactly where to go he led me to the church when i was a young heathen at 34 years ago i said i want you to go into that church i said no i don't go to churches that ain't for me the heck it isn't i went god made a way what time am i supposed to finish here that old microphone deal got me all confused here. Huh? 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Oh, hallelujah. Okay. So as it goes, he says, I will bless those who bless you, curse you, to curse you, and all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, and the Lord told him, and, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when God spoke to him. So get up, pack up your bags, get out of here, go to the land I'm going to show you. Abram not only hears God, but he obeys him as well. And because Abram heard and obeyed God, God makes this covenant with him. I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 17. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. You want to see some expansion? Listen to this. When Abram was 99 years old... God appeared to him and told him, I am the Almighty. Obey me and live as you should. I will prepare a contract between us, guaranteeing to make you into a mighty nation. In fact, you shall be the father of not only one nation, but of a multitude of nations. Wow. One nation to a multitude. Every nation on the face of this earth is because of him. Because he had the knowledge and he had the belief that there is only one God. And he wasn't ashamed of it. He was prepared for it. And he wanted to make sure that he had a nation to himself. A nation that belonged to him. He took a nation out of a Idol worship, you know, just like he's doing here in Rome. Idleness, idols, idols, idols everywhere. God's gods everywhere. But you know what? God wanted a nation. He wanted a people to himself. And because of what Abraham did, I'm looking around. We've got people from all over the world right here in this little old bitty church. All because of what Abram did. And so he says, I'm going to make you into a mighty nation. In fact, you shall be the father of... Of not only one nation, but a multitude of nations. Abram fell face down in the dust as God talked to him. See how humble he was? He was a very humble man. Very humble man. It's all about God, never about him. It's all about God, never about him. What's more, God told him, I'm changing your name. It's no longer Abram, exalted father, but Abraham, the father of nations, that is what you will be, I have declared it. I will give you millions of descendants who will f- form many nations. Kings shall be among your descendants. And I will continue this agreement between us generations after generation forever. For it shall be between me and your children as well. For it is a contract that I shall be your God and the God of your prosperity. And I will give all this land of Canaan to you and them forever. And I will be your God. Wow. That, that's some amazing stuff. That's an amazing man what he did. It's just unbelievable. And know what he did when he got to Canaan land? You, you know what you need to do when you get your prayer answered? He builds an altar out of stone and earth. Nothing man made. Nothing man concocted. Nothing man tried to get you to believe into. He makes us soil and stone. Why soil and stone? Hello. Get ready. We got a moment coming. You were made from the soil. You were made from the dust of the earth. Read it in your Bible, Genesis chapter 1. We made from the dirt of the earth, and we became a living being. When God breathed, that moment when he breathed, and why the stone? He made the dirt, and he made the stone. Stone doesn't wear out. Stone takes all kinds of weather. And I was thinking about this, and a little later, they had to cross this river which was flooding the Jordan River. And God stopped the flow of the river. And in the midst of the river, they built a monument to God. And when that water recedes, it's still there. That's a monument to the God that, hey, I'm the one that led you through. I'm the one that took you out. I'm the one that saved you. I'm the one that birthed you. I'm the one that gave you life. That's what it means. Well, Abram, when he did it, it's to remind him that that little phone little move. There you go, my, my helpmate. God always gives you a good helpmate, amen? <laughs> so he, uh, what it meant when he built an altar, hey, he wanted to, at altar so he could pray to God, so he could worship God, and uh, number two, it reminded him what God has done and all the promises that God has made to him. Don't forget the promises as God has given you. Don't forget what he has said to you. He told me I'd be preaching in in the last days, and that's what I'm doing in the last days. I, I worked in the world for a long, long time, but when he called me, he called me out to do this. So what can I say? I'm here in Rome. Never would have thought in my wildest dreams I'd be coming to Rome. Never gave it a thought. Never a thought. God knew the plan for my life. God knew the plan for my wife. Okay. Now, number two. Moment of deliverance. Now, you know, we all need deliverance. Before we got saved, before we got born again, we all got some stuff in us. We got some junk in us, you know. Some of us are not too kind. Some of us get angry, you know. Some of us just like to cut up and party. I mean, we all got different kind of stuff. We got curses put upon us, all kind of stuff. So we definitely need some deliverance. But the guy I'm gonna to talk to right now is Moses. He's really gonna make some expansion also. And by the way, oh Moses, guess whose great great, 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 great grandfather is? Abraham. The word of God says, train up a child when he is young. And when he gets older, he shall not depart from the way. Get out of my face here. So, you all know the story of Moses. He was born, you know, and he was in a little boat, and Pharaoh's daughter found him, you know, and he grew up for 40 years in the house of Pharaoh. Pharaoh. A little bit about Moses. Moses was a man with a great mind. He learned quick. He caught on fast. You didn't have to go over and over and over and over and lead him by the hand. He was a quick man, a very quick mind. And uh, <clears throat> he had a contempt for rudeness and ill treatment of people. He couldn't stand that. That's why he killed that man, you know. It was just, he just couldn't stand it, okay? He was the best of all the Hebrews, he was the best. He was the tallest, he's the most handsome man there, there, there was. I mean, beautiful man, beautiful baby, that's Moses. His understanding was well beyond his years. He, had, he might be six years old, but I could have a mind of an 18 year old. He was well advanced. And he's a very, very polite man. He wasn't a rude, crude guy, he was a real polite guy. So this is the one God chose to lead all of Israel out of slavery. And so we'll go to Exodus three uh, two and four. He's now in the Bedouin family. He's over uh, way out in the mountain ranges, you know He's tending sheep. He's a sheep herder. He does this for 40 years. So he decides he's going to lead his sheep to a place where nobody wants to go because it's known as the mountain of God and it's kind of taboo because these people are scared of God. So in Exodus chapter 3, verses 2 through 4, there the angel of of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Now, you know, he's used to this. He's seen bushes in in that part of the world. They catch fire, but they burn. This bush is not burning. God will use an amazing thing to get your attention. He'll do whatever He has to do to wake you up. He will do whatever He has to do to get your attention, to get you to pay attention. And He's looking at that. So He starts to creep around and creep around and look around and checking this all out. And God sees Him move toward the bush. And you know the story. He said, I'm going to go over there and check this bush out on the fire that did not burn. So Moses thought, I will go and see this strange sight. Why this bush is not burning? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him within the bush, Moses, Moses. Do you remember the very first time God called your name? I want you to think a minute. I want you to pause a minute. Do you remember the very first time he called your name? He got your attention. I remember my first time. Man, my father just passed away. I said, oh, Lord, what am I going to do now? I'm just going to slid down to the hospital floor. And he said, what about me? What about you? Before this amazing year is going to come to an end, he's going to call on your name more than you can imagine. And it's going to be amazing. I'd love to be here in late December when the testimonies are coming, coming forth. But They're coming. You're already experiencing a little bit right now. Next week is about the tomb. What was dead is now alive. But that's next month. That's right around the corner. And you see that tent right there? I'm going to get some guys after serve to help. And we're gonna, that's over. Here. Jabez is gone. He got his own town. We're going we're to tear that down. Okay? So, and Moses said, Here I am. So, <clears throat> this amazing sight caught Moses' attention. And this is Moses' first revelation of God. Oh, he knew about him. He was taught about him. But, I mean, he's known up close and personal now. He knows his God. Do you know your God up close and personal? That's the question. You know, it's called a relationship. We hear his voice more than we realize. We just don't want to do it or we don't want to hear it. A good example. Men, listen up. The ladies are already listening. Men, listen up. You ever get a little smart aleck with your wife? Get a little sharp. And you know you're hurt of feelings. And God says, I want you to go po- apologize. I say, I'm going to go, but you know me, i, I got to wait a little while. i got to get over it. So I didn't tell you to wait a little while. I told you to go and apologize. I'm talking about how God speaks. You know, there ain't no boom, boom, hello, I am God. Do you hear me? No. He talks in that small, still voice, and Moses gets a real eye full. His bush ain't burning up, and he's calling me by name. So Moses has got the revelation. Moses is fixing to get a task that's way beyond him. So he says... <clears throat> God revealed himself to Moses as one who hears. You hear God. Don't worry about it. You hear him. You hear him loud and clear. God remembers. God remembers where you're at. God remembers when you prayed. And he sees. He sees all and he knows all. He knows exactly what to do. And so Moses says, the next verse is Exodus 3, verses 11 through 12. But Moses said to God, here I am that I should go to, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. Whatever God calls you to do, God's going to be with you. You got to remember that. You cannot say, oh, man, look, he's going to prepare the way he's going to make you the instrument of his hand. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you when you have when you have brought the people out of Egypt you will worship God on this mountain and he's there hmm. wait, wait 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 a minute you know i got a problem lord i i i i i i stutter i i, I can I can't speak good Besides, that guy over there, he, they've been looking to kill me because I killed this man over here. They've been looking after me. He said, oh, don't worry about him. He's dead. I'm going to send you down there and, hey, I'm going to be with you. You're going to be asked to do some things this year, and don't worry about it. God's going to be with you. Yes, indeed. You're going to have people start calling you instead of you calling them. I'll say that again. You're going to be calling. They're going to be calling you instead of you calling them. Big difference, big difference. So, <clears throat> you know how the story goes. We go through all the Ten Commandments, you know, all the, uh, the Ten Plagues, and Moses with his staff, you know, and he throws it down, and he just following the directions of God. Very simple. That's all we have to do is follow what God says. Follow his directions. Follow what he says to do. I'm going to finish it with Exodus chapter 14 verses 13 through 16 Moses answered the people do not be afraid stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Mmm, really now? So he tells, uh, in the new uh, NIV, it says, never see again. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? I've already told you what to do. Tell the Israelites to move it. Move on. Raise your staff. Stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through on dry ground. God said, it's time to move, I see Time to move out. Cups staying still. It's time to get some fresh water flowing. Ain't no better water than fresh water. It brings life, it brings health, it brings prosperity, fresh water, living water. Oh, hallelujah. Hmm. Yes, indeed. Did they expand? Oh, did they expand? They came out of slavery into freedom. They came out of Egypt with their cucumbers and their garlic into the land of milk and honey. You want to go to the land of milk and honey? You want to go to the land of all prosperity? Yes. Old things pass away. All things become new. And they had the nerve and the gall and the audacity, moaning and groaning and complaining. But Moses just kept on following the direction, stretched out the staff. The seas parted and away they went. Well, when you take coal, oh, let's see, they didn't leave a hoof behind when you got so many, they got a, over a million people moved to a new land new to a new plan, move to a new purpose, move to a new people, move to a new prosperity. That's amazing. That's pretty amazing. And the third one. Okay. Third one is uh, moments of dreams, visions, and obedience. I'm going to use Daniel. (coughs) Daniel. Daniel's name means God is my judge. Three things stand out about Daniel. Number one, he was raised in a godly home. Very important. Number two, he had a strong commitment to obeying God. Number three, in life he knew that they would face tests and uh, his actions would prove his vindication or defense before God in the face of strong opposition. He knew it. Jesus himself said, you will have trials and tribulations, but be not fear, do not fear, don't worry about it, don't turn back. He says, I've got your back. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And the first test came was, in the very beginning, had to eat the king's food. Well, the king's food was dedicated to idols. We pray over our food and we say in Jesus' name. Well, they don't do that over there. They pray to this idol. And God, uh, Daniel knows no other God before him. No other God before him. So he says, Hey, uh, God gave him favor with one of the king's eunuchs. He says, Hey, uh, how about we do a little test? Won't you feed us vegetables for a week? For a week. In other words, won't you fast for about a week and see? He said, Oh, I don't know about that. He said, uh, Y'all start looking sickly and the mother guy's looking good. The king going to have my head. Oh, let's just do it for a week. So, sure enough, he does it for a week. They looking good. No problem. That's the first test. All Daniel had to do was eat the food. What are you feeding on? What are you eating on? Are you feeding on the Word of God? Are you in that book every day? Are you chewing that Word? Are you spitting it back up? and getting back in it again and again and again. It's got all the answers. It's got all the directions. All we got to do is get in the book, stay in the book. Well, the next test, this is a big one. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, a big-time dream. Scares him a little bit, unnerves him a little bit, wakes him up. He calls for his astrologers, you know, and all of his wizards and all these other... Darkness fellas there they don't know nothing they can't interpret the dream. oh well tell us the dream, and we'll tell you what the dream means. no no, no, no. They went on and on and on and made him so mad like i'm gonna i'm gonna kill them all and I'm gonna kill Daniel and i'm gonna kill his three kid uh, his three buddies, kill' them all. Daniel said, Whoa whoa whoa. let's uh let me go talk to the king. So he sends the eunuch, he goes and talks to the king. Notice Daniel, don't panic. When stuff happens, and stuff's going to happen in that moment, that is the moment, in that moment, don't panic. He tells the king, just give me a little time, and I'll come back and interpret your dream. Just a little time. Ask for time. Spend time with God. And see, he spent time with his three brothers Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He counseled with them, and they all four prayed. And Daniel prayed, and God gave Daniel the interpretation of the dream. Wow, that's amazing. I get a lot of dreams too, but I don't get the interpretation of them. Uh, (laughs) Maybe it's a good thing. (laughs) So, ask for time. Don't get caught off guard. Just ask for a little time. And so, so Daniel... He went to Ararach, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and uh, said to him, do not execute the wise men. Can you imagine that? This is Daniel now talking to the king. One wrong word, and the sword's off his head goes. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. And Daniel is bold in his faith and his trust in God. You know, God gave Daniel the dream and the vision because of seeking and praying and gathering godly counsel. And you want to see amazing things in your life. You want to see amazing things in your family. You want to see amazing things in your church. You want to see amazing things in your city. Seek and pray and gather the people of the Lord like we do. That's why on Wednesday night we get over here and we pray for Rome and we pray for our world and we pray for the pastors, you know. We're seeking and we're praying. And things are starting to happen because this world is getting tough. But those that know their God, in that moment, all we have to do is stand our ground there is no other God. I put my faith in no other God but the one that Daniel had. Because you see... The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they stood their ground. They believed in their ground. And lastly, if we are are thrown into a fiery furnace, you know, he says, hey, whether God saves us, whether God delivers us, or whether he does not. We're going to put our trust in God, but we are not going to bow down to you. We are not going to bow down to any idol. We're not going to bow down to any statue. We are not going to bow down. We're going to put our hands, we're going to put our life, we're going to put our trust, we're going to put our faith in the Almighty God. That's a moment. That's an amazing moment. Can you, It made that king so mad he was about to blow a head gasket. He could not believe what he was seeing. When they came out of the furnace, never smelt any smoke. And I know we throw three of them down there, but there's four of them down there. Always remember, when you're in the moment, God is with you. He told Moses, I'm going to go with you. He told Abraham, I'm going to be with you. And he's telling Wayne Clifton, I'm going to be with you. Thank God. So when you're in the moment, you're in that time, trust in God. Don't matter what it looks like. No matter what people say. No matter if you succeed in the moment, just stand on that word of God. For your church in 2019, you better be ready because the moment's coming your way. You better be ready for your moment's coming this way. God has great plans for you guys, you know. Some of you may go back to your own company and country and change the atmosphere. Change the belief system. That's what Abraham did. He was the most popular guy. He could talk to anybody, you know. He was, I call him God's first evangelist. First missionary, because he knew the one true God, and you know the one true God. You're the Christian. Greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. Hey, don't worry. Take your stand. Take your stand. And you know what? As I close, some of you are in a moment right now. It's a moment. You have to make a decision because in every moment in your life, every crisis in your life, everything that happens in your life, there's a decision that has to be made. We make decisions every day, every single day, what we're going to wear, what clothes we're going to put on, what shoes we're going to put on, what school we're going to go to, what school we're going to send our kids to, what church we're going to go to. Moments and moments and moments, every moment. But the amazing thing is, the most amazing moment in anyone's life is the moment you say yes to Jesus Christ. And I'm going to ask you right now, and don't you be shy, and don't you be bold. I mean, be bold, and don't get excited. If you have never, and I mean never, asked Jesus Christ into your heart, this is the moment, and this is the time. And all you have to do with this time. In this moment, it's just say, yes, yes, Lord. Raise your hand and say yes to God. If that's you and you've never asked him into your life, raise your hand right now, all over. All over. Looks like everybody's on board here, right? Everybody knows Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's good. That's good. We're doing our job. We have some people from different parts of the world and all that but they know they're Jesus they know they're God praise God okay now it's prayer time
0: thank you for listening I pray that you heard from God today and today I want to say a prayer with you you need to make sure Christ lives in your life so would you please say this prayer with me dear Lord Jesus I'm sorry for my sins. And I pray right now that you will come into my heart and into my life. And from this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I'm going to stop doing. Because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. I know that if you've said that prayer today, that you're going to have a life change things are going to be incredibly different for your life and we'd love to help you. So if you would go to our website, icfrome.org and make contact with us, I'd love to give you some information and get you connected to a church. Remember, God loves you and he has a plan for your life. Bless you.